I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our first regular season episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast for the 2018 season, our preview of round one. This episode is brought to you by uh, the Los Angeles... Oh, wait, where it's... it's oh, no, no, they're back. Brought to you by LAFC's roster... Oh, oh crap, it's gone again. Uh, wait, no, uh, actually... It's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host and fantasy legend, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss. And tonight I'm joined by my non-legendary co-hosts, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. Uh, we'd also like to welcome our special guest, Matt Pollard <coughs> from Last Word on Sports. How is everyone doing tonight? Hello. Mike, Mike Hello how are you there. not being a legend? Um, just mostly just not legendary, just sub <laughs> suboptimal, subpar, you know, not, not everyone can be legends. <laughs> well, uh, that's very kind of Ben Bear for saying those, those things about myself and, and Skylar Redpath. Uh, I've always considered myself more of a community builder, but I mean, I'll, I'll take legend, but a legendary community builder. <laughs> <laughs> can go with that uh matt thank you so much for joining us and thanks for participating in our preseason uh build-up this year thank you very much for having me guys you know i've been a big fan of your guys's work over the last couple of seasons so it's a pleasure to be on here in both written and now audio form in some capacity <laughs> that's great that's great uh and blaine uh, we're glad that lily has let you come out tonight yeah i didn't know if she was gonna let me tonight but She's with their mom and I think getting ready to go to bed early and catch up on some sleep. There we go. Well, tonight it's all about the preseason is over. It's all about round one. We're talking about uh, the players that we're going to pick, the strategies that we're using. We're going to start out with some housekeeping and then we're going to jump right into questions and our game by game breakdown. So the first thing I want to let you guys know, and this is going to be a theme throughout this entire season. It's a bye week. It's always going to be a bye week. And there are three teams on by. So Chicago. Colorado and the New York Red Bulls. Uh, maybe you don't care about Colorado, but the other teams have a have some good guys to choose from. Sorry, sorry, uh, Dominic. Sorry. Uh, so watch out for those three teams if you're wondering why those players aren't going to score for you. They could be great for uh, the Otteru, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, we also have uh, the Concacaf Champions League that's that's going on. Uh, we had a question that came in, guys. I want to get your feedback real quick. Uh, Dallas, Colorado again, the Toronto, New York Red Bulls again, and Seattle are all in this CCL tournament. Does that dissuade you from picking up their players over these first few weeks? Uh, well, you said over the first few weeks. Um, I'm not as worried about this round for like Seattle, TFC, and Dallas. One, they're all going to be at home uh, the match before. Um and none of them have like really terrible matchups, at least on the return leg. So I don't think it'll be too crazy for them. Uh, I'm more concerned about going forward. You know, when they start getting to the Mexican teams, then I think there's going to be more rotation the week before to try to to be ready for the teams that are much higher quality. Uh, so this week, I'm not terribly concerned about it. But next 
next few weeks, uh, it'll be more on my radar. And for most of these teams, they've already had their road leg in the CCL. So the second game should be closer to home and with hope, less wear and tear on their players. Uh, do you guys? Yeah, the teams that are on the road are the ones that get, get by New York and Colorado. Yeah, I'll kind of uh, piggyback off of Mike. Um, yeah. I actually think that given the the format and the structure of how they're playing, the fixtures they've got, some of these guys might actually be higher up on my list because of CCL play. They're getting some meaningful minutes together. You're kind of seeing what's going on with the team. And they're going to come into the opening weekend a little bit more informed, just a little bit more on the same page where some of these other teams are going to be feeling it out, trying to figure out how guys are going to mesh. Absolutely, guys. The only other concern I would really have, uh, FC Dallas and Seattle both had uh, one uh, had one goal defeats in the opening leg. So potentially if they have to claw back and play 120 minutes, that would be a concern. So especially, you know, FC Dallas, you know, say, you know, uh, you know, Mauro Diaz has to play 120 minutes and then PKs probably would want to stick away from him when it comes to the RSL game this weekend. Yeah, all great things to point out. Uh, so definitely keep it in mind going forward. Uh, next, I'm going to point out the rolling transfers. This has been one of the hottest changes, one of the hottest talked about topics going into this new fantasy season. Essentially, it's introduced this new version of the switcheroo, uh, a more modern switcheroo. There's a great article on MLS Fantasy Boss right now if you want to check that out. A lot of people are calling this the auto-roo. Essentially, it gives you some more advanced team management to utilize the new system which replaces a, a player that does not play in your starting 11 with the highest scoring bench player on your team. Uh, you can utilize this to your advantage by using the rolling transfers, which lets you keep trading your players once the week's begun. Players lock with their team's game. So you have the ability to see the results of your bench. You can swap out a guy who has not played yet into your starting lineup who won't play like a Chicago or Colorado player this round, and you can be guaranteed to get those points off your bench. It's going to require a lot of micromanagement, uh, but it could pay off if you want to do it, uh, but maybe you don't. We've had a lot of conversations. Guys, is this something you're going to be looking at for round one? I'm finding it hard to budget this one for round one. It's definitely something I would be looking at, but I am having a really hard time getting players that I want at the price ranges that I want that really make this uh, available to me. Uh, right now I'm looking at... Um, a possible cheap midfielder who's a potential to start and another defender and throwing a scrub in just to get the higher those two scores. I know the defender is going to play so possible change up, but not really for the opening round. I just don't see the money in the, in the lineups that I like. I'm not focusing on it right now, Reed, just because there's so many unknowns with it being the start of the season. You know, the opening couple of weeks for MLS Fantasy, at least for me and a number of other players, is still figuring out the game as other teams are figuring out their roster and who's starting and all of that kind of thing. So probably not something that I'm going on right now. The 11 that I'm going to have on the field are guys who I'm fairly sure are going to play, but I am definitely a huge fan of the switcheroo. All those Sunday, um, you know, uh, nationally televised games, those are my go-to for it for, you know, trying to get that 12th guy on the field if I don't like a matchup earlier on in the round. So this is definitely something I'll be using later on in the season, just not for the first two or three rounds probably. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with them. Um, you know, if you look at the pricing structure, I mean, one of the things I do every preseason is I take the kind of expected 11 and write their prices next to them. And the way that they do the pricing is that if there's a concern, if they're not going to start, that's the cheaper. So in order to get the cheaper guys right now in week one, you're taking a risk that those aren't the starters. Now in two, three weeks from now, when we see, Hey, this guy who we thought was a you know, on the bubble, he's actually starting. Then you'll free up that one, two million where you can actually use to play a player where it's much, um, much more beneficial. Right now, I think you need to use more of your money into getting the starting 11. Yeah, great tips. Uh, next, we're going to talk about leagues, leagues, and more leagues. Everything's coming out. Uh, we've had a lot of posts on Reddit and over on Twitter about the leagues involving MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, I've started calling this the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues since it's all the kind of stuff that I've been involved with. MLS Fantasy Boss, r slash Fantasy MLS, and the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast Patreon League are all going to be prize leagues this year. And they're going to have prizes each of the two seasons. So you're going to have six seasons in total to win prizes. Uh, we're going to be giving away gift cards. We're going to be giving away swag for MLS FI. Lots of cool stuff. There is a catch, though, for the Fantasy Boss Leagues. You need to also go on and sign up on a Google document that I have because I need your contact information. I've had trouble reaching out to people to give them what they win, and I want to make sure that I do that for you. I do nothing else with that information. I don't sell it. I don't I don't put it on the Internet. Uh, maybe I'll burn it in a pile just to make sure no one gets to it. I don't know, but uh, that's what I use it for. If you guys want a chance to win gift cards to the MLS store and some awesome swag. Now the swag is only available to Patreon supporters. So check that out at uh, uh, the Patreon website. Uh, it, it could be some good times. Extra time radio also has their league. Be sure to get t-shirts out of them. Unless you're Mike, Mike doesn't get t-shirts from extra time radio. Um, Ouch. Ouch. Well, it's, it's, you've tried, haven't you? You've tried. I, I have one that's promised, but they will, they're just kind of like ghosting me on it now right. that they actually have shirts available. <laughs> yeah. Ghosted your ETR prize. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just not going to interact with them. Yeah, so you can yeah. check out how to register for those on the Fantasy Boss website and at r slash fantasy MLS. Uh, and then, um, Matt, you've got a league too, right? Yes, I do. Um, I am the managing editor of Last Word on Soccer. Um, and then, of course, uh, we have our own uh, league that we have through Last Word SC. Um, it is a closed private one, but we're making the information totally available. Um, if you guys want that right now, uh, the league code is S is in Samuel, Y is in Young, and then the number is 4429. S is in Samuel again, E is in Echo. So SY4429SE. We've been tweeting that at Last Word SC um, on Twitter. I'll be tweeting out for my profile as well, LWS Matt Pollard. Hit up any of these guys if you want it as well. You're all welcome to join. All of your listeners are welcome to join. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, talk some smack. Heck yeah. There it is. Uh, I mentioned the Patreon league before. Patreon is a fantastic website that we have set up that allows our listeners to donate back to our show to have, to help support this project that we have. We have hosting fees. We've got fees to cover our our prizes. We've just got fees to cover uh, the the designs that we use and the graphics designs to help get things created for the show. And we've been so blessed by you all contributing back to us that this is this is how you can be a part of the MLS Fantasy Insider group, uh, be a part of fantasy soccer, help it grow, uh, have new prize tiers this year. So head over there to check out what those are. This year, you're going to be getting social media follows. You're going to be getting website acknowledgments. We're going to have some Google Hangouts during the year for you to ask us questions or just chit chat about soccer or Star Wars in general. 
uh, stickers, pint glasses, scarves. Oh my, lots of great stuff is in is set for this year. So head over there and check it out. Uh, it is patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And I'm going to give a shout out to all of our donors so far because I told you I'm going to do this. And this is round one. Um, Alex Carey, Jake, Mark Prinsmetal, Parker Cleveland, Matt Lippman, Hickory33, uh, Squib Rokadia, Mr. Frumble, Justin Tripp, uh, Shine Spark, Graham Lushackle, Lushki. <laughs> but yes, you too can have your name mispronounced by me on air by becoming a Patreon member. Uh, Matthew Kinsley, Christopher Gelke, Sean Pereira, Gavin Wiggins, Tyler Bartles, uh, Jeff HG, R Doodle Do. These are all members of our $3 member level. Uh, next level, we got Michael Denton, our very own Mike Denton, Phil Luchford, one of our great co-hosts, um, Emiliano Zapata, Calvin, Lewis Griffins, up into our, our $5 section where they're getting some more stickers and cool hangout options. <clears throat> then in our uh, our pint glass section, Ted Firestone, longtime donor, Jason Morris, Tim Shaw, another great co-host that we have, uh, Mick Lathrop and Alex Bruni, lots of great guys there. Uh, and then our top level, our $15 level, so much thanks goes out to you guys. Uh, they, they get guest host opportunities on, on this show, and you're going to be getting an invite to our invite-only league as well this year. Uh, Sherry Snyder, Josh Lewis, Matt Govan, and now Jessup Gage as well, who uh, got a prize. And I think, I don't remember if you won or came in very close last year in our Patreon league, but uh, so much thanks goes out. You guys are going to be getting put on the, on the webpage, and social media followers are going to be coming. But if you want to contribute and become a member of, of all this, head over to Patreon right now. And that list will get shorter as we go on because it's the first of the month whenever I make these announcements. So <laughs> that's just I a lot. I feel guilty that my name was not mispronounced. I, I mean, I I can do that for you if if you want, Michael <laughs> Michael Deton. I mean, is that I like it? I like it. That's Mikel Denton. Is that what Mi we're Mikel is what I hear more often. <laughs> <laughs> Mikel Den Deonton. Mikel Deonton is here with us today. Uh, well, speaking of Mikael over here, uh, Mike, give us your injury news. All right. Well, we got a whole lot of stuff. Um, let's start with something speculative, and that is uh, Carlos Vela of LAFC, first LAFC appearance on the injury news. Uh, he kind of came off with just kind of like a funky-looking thing. Um, there's not a whole lot of information. I don't know if you've tried to follow the preseason games this year. Uh, it's been absolutely terrible to do so. Um, but Hercules Gomez did tweet it out that he came off early, so keep an eye on that. That's the last uh, game. So if you're interested in Vela, um, might want to think of a Seattle player on the other side uh, as a backup. Um, something you may have forgotten, Sasha Kleshin is suspended for this uh, for the first game. Um, so that's the second uh, absence that Orlando will have to deal with, along with uh, Dom Dwyer. What's that, Reed? I did forget that. <laughs> I I forgot it too until like today when someone when I saw someone like talking about replacements for Sasha Kleshin. I was like, what happened to Sasha Kleshin? Oh, that's right, he's suspended uh, because apparently fighting in the tunnel is. Uh, <laughs> Um, the biggest news you've probably already heard, uh, Joran Morris is out for the year with an ACL, uh, picked up in, um, CCL action, uh, Vanderweel, he should be available to play Tuesday. He missed last week's, uh, CCL game, uh, with his wife giving birth. Um, 
Let's see. Jonathan Campbell is out six weeks with a facial fracture for the Chicago Fire. Um, something to keep an eye out on uh, going into the week uh, as far as disco injuries uh, or issues. And yes, we have disco issues. Uh, Houston and the Revs played um, an interesting match where uh, Boniek Garcia went head hung, hunting on Diego Fagundes in retaliation for a non call that Diego Fagundes did. So uh, I don't know if disco wants to get involved in scraps in preseason, but if they do, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Kyrie Shelton of Sporting Kansas City, which hurts me to say, came off the field in the 10th minute uh, against Portland. Um, let's see, Vitas went down with what looked like a hamstring injury uh, in the 69th minute against Sporting Kansas City. Um, and I'm trying to see, oh, Kellen Acosta, uh, sports hernia surgery. He is out for a six to eight week uh, timetable. Um, and let me see. Uh, one of the big issues is Lee Wynn. Um, he's been training. I think he's finally training now, but he hasn't uh, actually made an appearance for the Revs in preseason. Uh, Chris Mavinga um, dealt with an injury last week, but supposedly TFC is injury-free going into this match against Colorado, so keep an eye on that. Um, good thing is that we know that that's going to be the first um, game of this uh game of the round so if you have to make a replacement you can do that pretty easy um let's see what else i think those are the big ones um i'm so kind of looking for round some, one so much for round one um which you would think oh my gosh mike what have you i stole your thunder i think last week and you forgot him again and i haven't heard an update uh dom dwyer was was questionable last i heard Oh, he, he's out. He's he's out for week one. I, I think it's going to be might, – might be a few weeks. Um, let me see if I can pull up an actual timetable on him. Um, but while I'm talking, if you are interested in a particular player or team, uh, one of the things I'm doing at the MLS Injury News account is I am hashtagging everything that I tweet with a team-specific hashtag. So it's easy to remember. It's the first, it's like the three letter abbreviation because every team has a three letter letter abbreviation. And yes, Red Bulls fans, your team does have a three letter abbreviation and it's NYR. Yes, I know it's the same thing as the Rangers. You have to deal with it because your team name is unoriginal. That's not my problem. Um, so you can do that. You can find everything with your team name, um, all the players and all that. Um, you can find it um, pretty easily. Um, however, I cannot find it at the moment. Let me get this up. Do, do, do. Uh, but yeah, uh, D Dwyer is expected to miss this game um, pretty easily. So, more updates to follow. More updates to follow. Um, yeah, it's two to four weeks on a quad strain on February the 16th. Yeah, see, it helped having the hashtag. I was able to find it fairly quick. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's at least out this game. I don't know if it's been officially out technically, but everyone is expecting him to miss, um, you know, with a quad strain. I, I don't think Orlando pushes it this first game. You know, maybe give him another week or two. All right, well, Mike, thank you for all of those injury reports. That's uh, definitely one of the favorite sections of the podcast, I think, that people have getting, gotten to like over the – last year. Uh, now we're going to move into some general questions before we do our quick game previews. Uh, these came from r slash fantasy MLS, the, the weekly questions thread there. Head over there if you want to participate as well each week. Um, I'm going to let Mike answer this first question because he kind of already did online and it comes from CWOI4981. 
Is there truth to the theory that opening week often has fewer goals and more clean sheets than the usual because of offensive not gelling yet? Um, I think that there is. Um, we've seen it in the past. Um, it's not consistent every year. If you look at last year, uh, and I posted every score from last year um, on Reddit when uh, this question, because I was like, I, I want to go ahead and look back. Um, if you look at their, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine clean sheets, which is more than usual. So I, I think that is true. Now, when you look at it, there's a lot of um, bad offensive teams. Um, that scored the zeros. I mean, they're the only surprises really in there, New York City, Montreal, and TFC um, getting blanks. Uh, the rest of them all went on to have trouble scoring throughout the year. But, I mean, I think there is something to the, to the – if it is a bad offensive team, they are going to struggle going in. Now, I think when you look at those matchups, you also see that it's matchup dependent. Um, you know, Atlanta was able to score – Portland put up five against Minnesota last year. Oh, Minnesota scored. Um, so I, I think it looks it, – it depends more on the matchups, and, and as we get into it, um, I'll talk about why I'm not as crazy um, on the clean sheet hunting this week uh, as some other weeks. But, um, yeah, it's definitely true that uh, offenses in MLS tend to get off the ground slow. I can give you a little bit more information uh, going back a few years, uh, going back to uh, 2015. Uh, there were uh, four draws in that opening round. Um, so I don't unfortunately have easy information for if they were zero zero draws or what it was, but there were four draws. Uh, information going back using some of Andrew Crawler's information shows usually an average of about 2.4 to 2.6 goals scored uh, in the opening round uh, on the average. So uh, four draws in 2015, uh, two draws in 2016, and then four draws again in 2017. These are usually 0-0 or 1-1 type scores. So um, I'm with you, Mike. I, I think that it, it is kind of split hard, hard to pick, but going with that historical trend of which teams – score well uh that i think that tends to be the best uh blaine or matt did, did you guys take into consideration any kind of scoring droughts or offensive ineffectiveness at the beginning of the season when making your picks not really that much last season for me it's more so i feel like so many teams in mls have just gone through such a rapid change compared yeah. to their last season iteration you know lafc is a brand new team so they're obviously going through a lot you know i look like it like the la galaxy or the colorado rapids or portland they're different so i don't necessarily take it into account from the standpoint of oh it's early season teams might not be scoring as much so much as the teams that went through the most change obviously toronto's you know a well-oiled machine they've had their team together for three years i know that they're going to be okay I know the New York Red Bulls without Sasha Kluschen, really outside of Bradley Wright Phillips, might take a couple of weeks for the other parts to come into place. Blaine, I'll let you answer this next question. Uh, preseason play. A lot of people try to keep an eye on how teams do. Mike mentioned about some scuffles that happen sometimes. Do you think preseason play should play a big impact in your player choices? This comes from C-M-M-A-T-Z-A-T. -A -A -T. I, I can't say those things. In the past, I would have probably answered this with a no, but seeing uh, being able to watch a little bit more preseason this year, um, yes, if you got any information from preseason, definitely let it impact your player choices. Now, some of it may not be very good. Some of it may be like what we've got. I've got some Kansas City information just that I was going to throw out here. 
Um, Seth Sinovic doesn't look like he's got the starting job. So definitely let that impact your decisions. Like keep an eye on who's been playing together. I mean, if you saw that, you know, who's on the field and who's not. And then watch for some of the other guys that maybe stepped up and really proved themselves. Um, Diego Rubio is kind of the first choice center forward for sporting, but it looks like Kyrie Shelton might have displaced him. And if he is not injured, I'm expecting him to start week one. And if you're going off of just standard fantasy advice, everybody's going to be saying, oh, go if you're going to pick the forward from Kansas City, it's going to be Rubio. It looks like it might be Shelton at this point. So you've got your stuff to watch there. Uh, another big battle from this weekend is Adi versus, I'm going to butcher his name, Aramentos, whatever, uh, their new center forward. He came mm-hmm. in and got a brace after halftime. Um Audie was injured last year, maybe a little sluggish getting back, and, and you've got a hot forward coming in that could replace him. Um, if you're banking on Audie being the starting forward, maybe he gets subbed out early to give the other guys a, a chance. Maybe he's not the starter at this point. I mean, there's a lot to look at in preseason play that can really change how coaches use their players and who's going to get subbed early, who may be given a, a few extra minutes to try to prove themselves and take over a starting role. So, Definitely keep an eye on that. Um, as far as scoring goals and defense and everything, there's a lot of shuffle in a lot of teams. So I put a little bit less stock into how a defense is playing in preseason compared to how I expect them to play in the regular season. But definitely watch those battles at positions because that can carry over into the start of the season pretty easy. Yeah, great summary there. All right, if you guys have nothing else to add, we'll jump right into our game-by-game game previews. Mike, kick us off with Toronto versus Columbus. Well, the only thing I think giving you any kind of doubt for Toronto at all is the CCL game. Um, but they, like we talked about a little bit earlier, they're up to nothing with two road goals. Uh, Colorado didn't manage to score any. And while they didn't look the best that we've seen them on the road in Colorado, it was also like negative 13 um, wind chill. Uh, so I think Toronto will be okay. Um, Columbus is a team that has gone undergone a lot of changes. No Miram, <clears throat> uh, no um, Kamara, and they'll have to you know try to replicate that with uh, Jossi Zardes. Uh, on the road at Toronto, I, I think this is probably one of your best clean sheet opportunities. I think offense and defense, because um, I don't think Columbus has fixed their defensive problems quite yet. I think they've gotten one center uh, center back um, who's new coming in, um, but they haven't had a good track record with the center backs that they've had come in. So I, I think Toronto should get goals here. Um, I mean, literally any go up and down the roster and, and the fantasy players from last year are, are good picks. Um, Bono uh, in goal. Um, Mavinga has that injury issue um, that he had two weeks ago, but if he's healthy, I think he's a great pick at 5.5. Um, Vasquez is actually one of the cheaper uh, attacking midfielders. So he, while he's not as much of a discount bargain as he was last year, he's still really good. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like your first stop when you're picking players this week. So um, are we getting, doing game predictions again this year, Reed? Give me a score prediction, yeah. Uh, score prediction, I will say 2-0 um, TFC. I feel like it's a safe prediction right there. Yeah. Yep. Matt Houston versus Atlanta. 
Yeah, I think this is might be one of the few exciting games, both from a tactical standpoint and then probably the most likely game of the ones this weekend, in which I think both teams will end up scoring. You know, Houston's going to be at home. You know, they've moved on, on from Edelco Kubo Torres. So, you know, they've got Albert Elise up top. You know, they've got Mauro Minotas and everything. Um, and then also a defense that's starting to get healthy. You know, uh, Leonardo was hurt last season in the playoffs. Uh, Sander Ross is still relatively new to the league. Demarcus Beasley is still kicking, but, you know, I think he's about to turn 55 sometime time in the next hour or so. And so, you know, I think that their attack, you know, is certainly very dynamic, but then their defense is also working on stuff. And I'm not really sure how I feel about Atlanta defensively from the little bit that I saw from them in preseason. Jeff Lorenowitz was playing at center back and he's never really been good at center back. So, and then they've also got some new fullbacks other there. Um, so not sure what they're doing defensively, but we know that they're a well-oiled machine attacking wise. I'm going to say that this is going to be a 2-2-1 with a bunch of uh, chances that maybe go end up going missed. So, you know, lots of uh, chance creation points, lots of shooting opportunities, lots of saves for the goalkeepers to make. Um, I'm going with Mauro Minotas and Albert Elise on this one, just because of how I like their particular matchups that they might have defensively. Atlanta, pick your poison. Miguel Amarone is going to be a beast this season. If Atlanta's scoring a bunch of goals, Joseph Martinez is going to be scoring. And then, of course, we actually get to watch Barco this week. There we go. That's the most exciting part, I think. Blaine, Philly, New England. Um. Yeah, this one should be uh, Philadelphia, an easy win for them. Um, New England without Lee win, like we've been talking about, is not the same. That said, look for New England to possibly play spoiler here or just play a cagey game and make it very difficult for Philly to get forward. But Philly with Sapong and Akam, I mean, they're just they're showing a lot. Um, really like this matchup for them, so I'm expecting a pretty good Philadelphia showing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say 3-1. I like some of the New England options. I think they are going to get a goal, so I don't think this is a good clean sheet opportunity here. But um, your fantasy picks, I mean, Sapong and Akam are playing well together so far from preseason. Expect that to continue. And then I think it's uh, Najem. He's a what 5.5 or 6 million midfielder. Looks like he might be starting for a while. Keep an eye on that game. If you're looking at one of those Otteroos or something, this could be a guy to downgrade to to bring it in just to get a little bit extra money to run something else. Um, so that's about it for this game. Can I get a picture of an otter in the pouch of a kangaroo for our official Otteroo, Otteroo? <laughs> Just announcement. I like that. I just, I'm just in my head right now. A uh, mm. quick follow up question for you, Blaine. Sapong was one of the top scoring fantasy forwards last year. Do you think a lot of his production will get hurt in 2018 because of a com? Um, ask me again in three I weeks. <laughs> ask you in three weeks. Okay, that's fair. I yeah, think the answer is yes. I think we'll see a drop in in Sapong myself. 50 50. That's why I say ask me in three weeks. I like I like your first answer. Give me three weeks. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, Mike, Orlando versus DC, and we have a Reddit question for you to kick it off. Uh, this comes from Thawing Chain. With Orlando missing some key contributors in week one and having a newish back line, is it worth it to take a risk on some of the DC players this week? You know, I, I think of the road teams, uh, I think DC is probably one of the more interesting ones um, with, with exactly that. And plus, Orlando, like uh, Thawing Chain said, no Dwyer, no Sasha Kleshen. Obviously, there's going to be a big part of their spine going forward. Um, now their attack isn't all that great. Um, so I can definitely see you kind of, you know, taking, if you're going to take a punt on visiting players this week, 
I think DC is a real place to look. I, you know, you can say maybe they get a clean sheet um, with Orlando just not having the offensive contributors um, because, I mean, it's really just Justin Miram going forward uh, and Yoshi Yotun. Um, and then, yeah, there's a little bit of, of skepticism. So, and especially DC players, if you look at the prices, they're the cheaper ones. So if you want to kind of throw them in an auto rue or something like that, I, I think you could do it. Um, now I'm kind of looking at this game as a one, one. Um, I think maybe Orlando defenders is probably the, the only place I'm going to go. Um, but then again, I'm probably going to have to reevaluate it, uh, and, and look at it as the week goes on. But yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I, I kind of feel like this might be an uglier game with DC really just kind of trying to grind out points as they go on this road swing. So I have it as 1-1. Um, yeah, if, if Orlando had its full complement, I think we'd be talking something very different. Any uh, standout people on DC's team you want to point out? Um, <clears throat> Mullins. Patrick Mullins, if, if, if he starts, obviously. I mean, he... He's, he, you have to talk about him because he's a 7.5. I think he's the cheapest um, expected starting forward in the game. Um, Acosta, Ariola, uh, and Assad are all really cheap, 8, 8.5, 8. So I think really any of those guys for the going forward I think would be really good options. Okay, Matt, we're going to ask you to be our Jason today, uh, Dallas versus RSL. I will do my best. I will put a huge asterisk on <clears throat> what I'm about to say uh, that uh, this prediction is based on the assumption that FC Dallas will go through against Taro and will do it in 90 minutes. Obviously, if they end up having to play 120 minutes, use a bunch of subs, have some injuries, general concaffing, throw all of what I'm about to say out the window. Um, so a lot of this just so much depends on what happens in Dallas's game midweek game and then how Oscar Brea tends to handle it. Obviously, first game competitive in the season for uh, Mike Petke and the Claret and Cobalt. Um, I'm going to go with a Dallas 1-0 win on this one. I'm going to channel my inner Matt Doyle here and say this is purely because FC Dallas is at home. I know Dallas is still figuring out some things offensively. I know um, RSL also went through some changes this season, but I think they get a 1-0 win just because they're at home and they're generally a pretty good home team under Oscar Pereja. In terms of big players to really choose from, you know, like I said, RSL is a little bit of a misnomer right now for me a little bit. But there's Jefferson Sabarino, who is their big player, um, you know, coming in from the offseason, but he's $10 million. Albert Rusnak's probably going to get the majority of your bonuses in terms of ball movement. He's 10.5. If there's anybody scoring for IRSL in this game, I'm going to go with Xiao Plata personally. But then you've got some other stalwarts that you can go with. Kyle Beckerman's going to get a bunch of defensive points. You know what Nick Romano's going to be able to do. If you think they're going to get a, a clean sheet, then chances are he's going to be getting a lot of bonuses in addition to the clean sheet. Um, I personally like Justin Glad, only five. 5.5 million really really good um young defensive players so he's probably my pick from a backline standpoint for the whole of rsl this season not sure i'd go with him this week just because they're playing on the road on the other side you know again assuming that he's healthy and fit after um after wednesday's game you can't go wrong with maro diaz in this one um and then I'd say everything else is dependent on who's healthy from Tia from the ccl game you know if tesho akindali has to go 120 minutes probably not going with him Lane, Matt. San Jose versus Minnesota. I was going to piggyback until Matt. You're horrible, Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason I'm sorry. Not, Jason would call this maybe 2-1 Dallas. I think he'd like the guys to shut down Mario Diaz and really keep RSL in this game. And there's just too many attacking options going forward for RSL. He would call it a 
But that's just Jason. We know he's a homer. Or, or he would. <laughs> he would. I mean, RSL, I think, is one team that will be fun to watch as the season goes on. They had a, a great end of 2017, and they've got some good pieces that they've added. And, I, I mean, I think you, you nail it, Matt, that uh, Glad is definitely a defender to keep an eye on throughout the whole season. But, uh, no, I, I can see it. First game back, uh, they did struggle on the road last year. So I, I think 1-0 is pretty fair. Now, what about San Jose, Blaine? Minnesota. Yeah, I don't expect much from this game. This is not one of those on my highlight list of games to watch this week. I think it's going to be a little cagey. Uh, just I, San Jose is kind of a team in flux. Urania goes in the expansion draft. Uh, they're kind of, I don't won't say they're rebuilding, but they're kind of just up in limbo. They've got a lot of solid players that could take the field, but don't know who's actually going to be there all the time. So, yeah, and then Minnesota's Minnesota. Um I can't really be excited about watching Minnesota play um, score prediction for this week. I've got it as a two, one. I do think when you've got Finley Ramirez Ibsen and all those, you're going to get a goal against the San Jose team, but uh, San Jose is going to get their couple. I don't know where these goals are going to come from. If I had to make a fantasy pick for you, I'd say just go with Wondolowski. He's what 13 away from taking the all-time scoring record. Um, I look for him to be looking for those goals on the matches where he should get them. And so I'd go with him for this week. I'm almost tempted to pick Erickson every week just because of his Mohawk. <laughs> I would do it. Jason would do it. Let's make, come on, Jason, do it, do it. Matt do it. Seattle versus LAFC. I know it's not your LA team, but I thought you might want to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is from a fantasy standpoint, probably the best slam dunk you have in round one. You know, I think Seattle is still going to be able to get through in their CCL game. They have against Santa Tecla. They've got a road goal on this one. No Jordan Morris, obviously, but I think that's just going to open up other opportunities for other players that are going to be a better value standpoint. I've got this as a 2-0 Seattle win. LAFC, Bob Bradley opening up their season. You know, uh, what ends up happening with them? Um, you know, how are they playing tactically? And then also having to open up on the road at tur on turf, I think could be give them a little bit of a trouble. You know, Seattle, other than you know, uh Jordan Morris is rolling in, you know, high on this one off of making MLS Cup the last two seasons. Clint Dempsey's gonna be great in this one. I think Nicolo Darrow is gonna be good. Um, I like Seattle's chance to get a clean sheet, give me a two-nil win for them. Um, and then just in general, a couple of really good options you have for Seattle. Even though his price went up, I still think he's a good value in the game. I think Christian Roldan is going to be a monster for Seattle in the middle of the park. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Will Bruin, maybe off the bench for the occasional starter, only $7 million. You've got a couple really good options for Seattle. And then defensively, I mean, you can't go wrong. You know, do you want Roman Torres getting a whole bunch of bonuses? You know, do you want Chad Marshall getting a whole bunch of clearances? Leardam's going to go up and down the field. And then we know what Stefan Fry is going to do, making all those saves. So you can't go wrong with any of the Seattle starters defensively. If I had to pick somebody from LAFC, just because I think he's going to be the focal point of the attack, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I believe you said Mike Vela might be out. Benny Fellhaber, um, he knows the league well. He knows the Seattle team well. And especially over the last couple of seasons, especially I want to say the knockout round game two years ago. He didn't really get a call that he likes. So maybe a little bit of bad blood between Benny and Seattle going. So I think Mike Bradley or Michael Bradley or Michael Bradley, excuse me, Bob Bradley will be relying on Benny to create in the offense. Don't know that he'll get any assists or any goals because I'm predicting a clean sheet for Seattle. But if anybody's getting those bonus points, crosses for doing corners and stuff, my guess would be Benny Fellhaber. Wait, I, before we move on, um, 
with Jordan Morris being out for the injury, do we think that Will Bruin is off the bench? Or do we think he's a starter? I'm going I, starter. I, I, yeah, I, I think a starter just based on his uh, success last season. Um, I don't think that's necessarily guaranteed because he was rotated some even last season, but I, I think you got to go with him off the bench. Yeah, because that, that's what I was thinking. Because I mean, I think he's priced at seven million, and I think he was priced with the idea that he was going to rotate with Jordan Morris. But obviously, with Morris out for the year, I think Will Bruin might be one of the best best values in the game. Because um, I don't think I had him in my team initially, but I'll probably be reworking it tonight to get him in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jordan Morris was valued at eight million, so I think just out of being the incumbent, I think you probably have Will Bruin up top. You know, maybe Victor Rodriguez, you know, on one flank, and then you know Nico Dero and Clint Dempsey, and which wherever it is that they are. But I don't really see any other forwards who can sort of play that hold up number nine role, unless you want Will Bruin and Clint Dempsey playing off of each other up top. Mm-hmm. Okay, Blaine, Vancouver, Montreal. Uh, this is a Vancouver steamroll. Um, <laughs> Montreal, I, I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, throw up your clean sheet flags right here. Um, Montreal doesn't score in this game. Um, yeah, I like the way Mon- or Vancouver's been playing. I have no faith in Montreal. I actually laughed at the odds makers when they gave Montreal 25 to 1 to win MLS Cup this year. And they had guys like our teams like Philadelphia and a couple at 66 to 1. I mean, if you're saying Montreal is better than Philadelphia, you're crazy. So, yeah, go. I'm predicting a 3 0 here. And really, it's a take your pick on the players that you want. Um, Tachera has been taking a lot of set pieces, set pieces, and probably one a top three at striking from distance off of those set pieces. So, if you like, if you've got a matchup like this, it's going to be really hard to ignore him. Um, Jordi Reyna has been their key playmaker at the end of last year, and I he's going to be given the reins this year. Um, Kai Kamara has looked good during preseason, so there you go, Reed. There's another preseason jump for mm-hmm. you, and you just got options lots of balls lots of chances coming in um anybody on defense with the clean sheets um de Jong has been playing down that left wing and he likes to whip those balls in as often as he can and that's just more bonus points for defender for a defender there so if i had to pick a defender that i'm leaning towards it's going to be him probably kendall waston is my second defender if you're looking there um pretty sure oh, what's it? i can't i'm gonna butcher another name uh Marinovic. Um, I'm pretty sure he's their starting goalkeeper this year. I don't think they're going to go with Brian Rowe, but that is a battle to kind of watch out for. But that is right. an easy switch when you see the lineup. So yep. go with that. Um, yeah, it really is a take your pick. Go with your gut on this one. That's what I'm going to do. But if I had to pick um, just two guys to go with, it's going to be Tichera and um, De Jong. Um, right. One thing to mention with Vancouver, um, Tim Parker, uh, yep. 5.5 defender, has been a longtime fa- popular fantasy option from Vancouver. Uh, he is reportedly on the trading block, is not happy. Uh, they've already made a move for uh, Aha from Orlando, uh, $5 million, uh, to bring him in. I don't Obviously, I don't know if he'll start um, just getting into the team uh, late, but that's who plays uh, on that back line for Vancouver is definitely something to watch and probably a situation to use a, a rolling transfer on. Yeah, he actually requested to uh, to move, so it's uh, some just not settled, not settled. But 
Yeah. Next. It's be interesting because Aha is going to have the wrong jersey in his fantasy profile all year unless they change it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Miram. He's, Miram's got the Columbus jersey. These things happen. These things happen. Okay, here we go. Sporting <clears throat> Kansas City versus New York City FC. New thing we have going on, the Thunder. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. We have guests and hosts with their teams. I like that. Can we just keep Thunderdome in the background? Yes. Uh, this is what happens. The guests and their and their hosts, any any pairing of that when their teams are playing each other. We're going to let them have two minutes each. This week it's Blaine and Mike to let you know why their team is the one you should consider for this match. Blaine, you got two minutes. Sporting Kansas City, tell us about it. Uh, I'm predicting a 1-1 draw, and I really don't see anybody on Kansas City to grab this week. Okay, Mike. that was disappointing. Mike, two minutes, go. Uh, I see a 1-1 draw um, You know, on the road. Uh, probably nothing to get too excited about. I wouldn't pick any New York City players this week. Okay, so our Thunderdome turned into more of a Rocket League, I guess. I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that did not work out as I had planned, but totally valid. Um, but guys, there there does that does leave a huge unanswered question at this point. Uh, David Villa is one of the top forwards in the game, and uh, I mean he's the top chosen forward in the game right now. Should should he not be? Why should David Villa be expected to get one goal or less during this game? Anybody? Um, Kansas City has a long history of shutting down star players and keeping them out of games. Um, if you want your one answer from me, that's it. Um, they've done it to Giovinco on multiple occasions. They've done it to David Villa before. Um, I do expect New York City to get their goal. I do not think it will. It, I mean, it could be Villa. He's been he's been known to do it before, but he's not going to have that stellar game that you'd expect from him in this one. If he gets the goal, I mean, he's going to earn it. It's going to be a good one. I'm, I have no doubts on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get a goal in this game. Um, I'll, I'll, this is weird, but I'll make the argument against Villa. I don't think you should spend that much on a forward, even someone as, as good as David Villa, someone who can definitely score any game of the week when he's playing on the road at what was the best defense from last year. Uh, there's no reason to think that Sporting Kansas City is all of a sudden going to be letting in a whole bunch of goals. Uh, and when you have good options who are playing bad teams at a much cheaper price, uh, especially with the budget crunch we have in week one, I, I just think it's a hard hard thing for me to justify spending the money uh, on him. Um, I mean, if you're going to spend $11 million on uh, a forward, spend it on someone like Clint Dempsey. He's going to play uh, LAFC, uh, who's missing the, one of the few center backs that they actually have on their roster in Simon. Um, you know, play, get Toronto Giovinco Altador, who's playing uh, the future Austin Aztecs. Uh, you know, get Wando or Kamara. You know, there's just so many teams who are just playing awful, awful defenses. It just... I mean, you you never go terribly wrong with Avia, but I just think there's better ways to spend your money this week. All right, great answer, guys. And so, since I said that, expect a Hattie. Of course, no, that <laughs> expect a hat trick and captain him. Now that I've said I would not have Don to be on my team. Uh, yeah, thank I you guys. I think that was an effective Thunderdome. Look forward to more of them <laughs> coming out yeah. in the, the future. Uh, Matt, take us home with your LA Galaxy versus Portland. 
Yeah, um, I think this will be one of the more chippy games, exciting, but not in a pretty beautiful game sort of way. Uh, you know, the Galaxy went through a bunch of changes this offseason. You know, uh, towards the end of the year, uh, the Portland Timbers were basically Diego Valeri and 10 unpaid interns. So I'm not <laughs> expecting a whole lot of defense in this game right now, but I'm also not expecting a whole lot of finishing just because of how much uncertainty you have from the attack right now. You know, Ola Kamara is getting used to his new teammates. Gio looks quote-unquote engaged according to the Galaxy front office, but that's that's what they've been. That's what front offices have been saying about that player for six years, so to speak. You know, Sebastian Legette is coming into fitness, but you know, uh, Emma Boateng's pretty good. So a lot of moving parts in here that I think could create some exciting opportunities, but maybe not necessarily some finishing. On the other end, you know, Galaxy. You know, they've got four of their back five, including the goalkeeper, new roles. Uh, David Bingham not looking so good and maybe being a little bit pouty, needing a timeout, a cookie, and a hug from Dominic Kinnear after that preseason <laughs> game they had against the San Jose Earthquake. But, you know, Jorgen Selvik looks good. Um, there's an open competition for um, that second center back spot. And I've been hearing that Tomas Hiliarse has been really impressing um, with Siggy Smith right now. And then on the other side, you know, again, you know, it was uh, Liam Ridgewell and three unpaid interns on the back line. I'm going to go with an LA Galaxy win in this one. I think it'll get a little bit chippy. Uh, the Galaxy do not like Diego Chara. Uh, no Nigel DeJong or uh, Yellow Van Dam to break any Portland ankles, though. Thankfully, Diego Valeri, or excuse me, um, Darlington Nagby doesn't have to play them anymore. But, you know, I think Perry Kitchen will be a little bit chippy. So I think this will be a game that kind of gets mucked up in the middle and goes out wide. Good thing for you fantasy players. That means then the ball is going to Roman. Mon Allison Drini, $11 million, a uh, number one player for the LA Galaxy in terms of point production per 90 last season. So I really like his chances to probably create something. Diego Valeri is not a bad option as well, creating a bunch of chances. Even if he doesn't score, he'll be getting most of the bonuses. After that, it's kind of a take your pick sort of a thing. You know, do you need, you know, a go-to fourth center back, so to speak? You know, maybe you throw out a Jorgen Selvik, who's been really impressive for the LA Galaxy. You know, maybe you just need to fill in a role with, you know, a David Guzom or something. Um, one person to look at for um, an auto rue if you really want him, if Sebastian Legette is not starting in this game, since he's still coming back to fitness. As I said, Emma Boateng, only $6 million, especially on that Sunday game. If you want to get a last guy in, he will be absolutely money for $6 million. Playing off with Roman Alessandrini, they connected a lot last season. I'd expect them to do the same, though Boateng, I think, very rarely plays 90 minutes. So uh, definitely don't have him if, if he's only playing on the bench for you, and I'd expect him to do something in the first half, probably. Two questions for you. One, what was your score prediction? Uh, I had 1-0 to the LA Galaxy. And two, thoughts on Kamara. Thoughts on Ola Kamara. I think he's going to be the real deal, completely honest. You know, he seems to be really happy with how he's getting set up, and he's going to be getting a lot of service. You know, Sebastian Legette and Ramal Alessandrini both throwing a, a lot of good passes. Um, and then uh, Jonah... Dos Santos definitely moves the ball. I think a lot of, as I mentioned, just in my general, my preview, a lot of what depends on how the LA Galaxy do offensively this season is just going to be dependent on, you know, how uh, Giovanni Dos Santos is feeling emotionally. And then where are he and Jonah post World Cup? Um, you know, we see players, you know, coming great going to the World Cup, but you saw it in 2014, you know, with cap former Captain Fantasy Graham Zussi, he and Matt Beasler kind of fell off the wagon towards the end of the season. So a lot of what depends on the Galaxy in general and in a fantasy standpoint is just going to depend on where's Gio's head at and where are he and Jonah from a fitness, health, exhaustion standpoint post-World Cup. But if the Galaxy are scoring, Ola Kamara is going to absolutely be at the center of that. If they're putting up any numbers, he's going to be a big part of it. And I think he's going to be one of the better producers um, from fantasy for his price, uh, 9.5 million, if I'm not mistaken, um, at the forward position. Yeah. 
Yeah, perfect. I think that's just what a lot of people wanted to hear. I I think that's going to be great for him out there, and I think it's going to be great for fantasy players as well. I love love that move. Moving on to the chalkboard. If you're a first-time listener, uh, closer to the end of the week before the round starts, uh, we will be posting a chalkboard representation of the picks that we have from the guys on the show tonight as well as uh, my team on there, usually just to round things out. Though we got called out a little bit on Reddit, uh, Thawing Chain again ask us uh, what information do we guys and sometimes gals, hoping for more gals this year, uh, consider uh, when we're uh, – uh, post research, we consider during our post research uh, each week before the fantasy round starts. Uh, how do we end up picking our players that we don't recommend on the podcast? He kind of did a comparison, he and his friends, and found that very often there are people we go with who aren't mentioned on the show. And uh, he's just wondering what sources of information are we using? Are we keeping these personal picks uh, secret? And if so, why aren't we sharing them with people? Um, I know for me, I'm just going to start out with with this, uh, Thawing Shane. Uh, we talk throughout the entire week. We do this podcast on Monday, and it's usually Wednesday or Friday before the week starts. And so there's still a lot of chit-chat that goes back and forth and uh, in other Twitter groups and Facebook group circles that, that we're in and on the r slash fantasy MLS boards and the, the chat on MLS Fantasy Boss people bring up other ideas and and sometimes those things resonate with us and and sometimes an injury does come up that we're like oh let's let's throw uh just just a, a bet on this guy and see what happens so i can definitely say from my point of view there's nothing that's being kept secret it's just the the ongoing conversation and nature of some of the discussion um, i do try to update the chalkboard when the guys let me know with some of those picks uh, but it doesn't always always happen yeah, for me, I try to keep a lot of my podcasting a little bit more on what I would call the professional side and give you guys some honest uh, honest feedback, some honest answers. And then when it comes time to picking my lineup, I'm looking at the money value of it. And while I may recommend three or four different guys, I don't have the budget to go grab all of those and run a switcheroo and do all these other things. So I make changes based on that, but I also go with my gut a lot. And there have been times like late last season, I was going with Luis Silva, even when I wasn't bringing him up on the podcast all the time, because I just thought he was hot. It was a gut feeling on that. And he pretty much was um, a big hit every time I did that with him. There were a couple of other times where I was like, I'm going to get laughed at if I say Connor Doyle from Colorado is the forward to go with this week. And I ended up not putting him in my lineup. And I think he got two or three goals was one of the top scoring forwards that week. But there, there's just some, there's some choices I look at making. I'm like, I'm going to get laughed at if I tell you guys, this is who to go with. And I may lose a little bit of credibility if they don't go off. If they do go off, I look like a genius, but I'll just put that in my lineup and I'll eat it <clears throat> on the scoreboard. I'm not going to come in here and make some off the wall predictions for you guys because I don't want to get laughed at all the time. Uh, you know, for, for, for me, um, I'll say like, because we do the recording of the podcast on Monday night, a lot of times the picks that I give towards the end are generally my first impressions. Cause all I've had the opportunity is, you know, wake up, go to work, have a cup of coffee and pull up and make your transfers and then, you know, work all day and then come home and then do the podcast. So a lot of times what, what I'm giving is my first impressions. Now, sometimes when I'm giving picks, um, I'm actually a little bit different than Blaine. I don't go, um, 
do the crazy on the pod. We try to give like some diversity of choices just so we're not all saying, you know, here's Giovinco. You know, we try to say, oh, you know, there's another option. Maybe you're going to do that. Even though in reality, we're probably all going to captain Giovinco that week, you know, just for example. Um, and then like as the week goes on, you know, injuries come out. But a lot of times my mind changes from my first impression just while listening to this podcast, you know, um, like for example, like I did not pick anyone from um philadelphia because i kind of had that as a harder game whereas you know blaine made an argument at this podcast that you know philly's gonna roll over new england so i might like take a second look at philly and think well you know is there someone there i could pick up um that's gonna happen throughout the week um i look at the gambling lines whenever those come out and if there's something just kind of like crazy different from what i'm viewing a game then i'm gonna take a second look um a bunch of articles that come out on MLSsoccer.com that Reed writes, um, our good friend Travis writes. Um, they're, you know, expected averages uh, that come out on the MLS Fantasy Boss, as well as the conversations on Reddit um, that are had publicly, as well as, you know, chats that we have with with our friends, um, people who do the pod and people who don't, uh, and just generally on Twitter. And sometimes, like, my mind changes over the, the week or the few days. And then not, last but not least, like, you get lineups that come out and they throw a curve. You know, if you have a lineup that come out, um, you know, for example, with uh, New England and Lee Wynn isn't there, then my, all my picks with New England offensive players are going to go away. I'm going to probably, you know, swerve and do something else. Um, but yeah, we definitely don't keep anything secret. In fact, one of the things I'm proudest of about the MLS fantasy community, not just this podcast, but in general, is that most of the information that's out there is publicly available. And if you ask, you get it and people will help you out. And provide. So yeah, there's definitely no secret information, no secret stash um, or spreadsheets that we have. If we have access to the information, um, we've probably posted it on MLS Fantasy Boss and we'll talk about it on podcast or talk about it on Twitter. So, you know, if you want to ask me if my picks have changed, um, you know, I think I will try this year to post my team um, a little bit more. And um, yeah, so maybe before, you know, the first deadline now, because I guess if we don't have a full deadline now, uh, y'all can get an idea of what I picked. This is my first time on the podcast, so <laughs> if I'm if I'm going to be inducted into the MLS Fantasy Boss Illuminati here, it's going to be after we finish recording, probably. But that said, um, I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to my team. I normally take a screenshot of it on my phone and then post it, you know, right as I'm finalizing my <laughs> roster. So um, I, I realize I'm probably leading leading this out to anybody who's going to play me in head to head. If you want my roster ten minutes before that first game deadline, or you know, whenever that first one is, since the game changed a little bit, I post it openly on my Twitter profile. I normally tag a couple of my other friends from lastwordonsoccer.com who also do fantasy and, you know, normally they post theirs or I pose a question, you know, to one of you guys, for example. So I am an open book, you know, in the final minutes as I'm finalizing my roster. If anybody just suddenly wants to do exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, we'll uh, give you access to our super secret fantasy database after the show. Awesome. So don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, what what are some of the other other places, uh, Matt, that because I know a lot of us contribute to Fantasy Boss and at Reddit. What are some of the other sites that you like to go to to help you uh, get information about players? 
Uh, yeah, well, I'm a big fan of just generally following it on Twitter. And then I've got a few other guys, you know, normally, let's say uh, our other big fantasy player who we have who won the league two years ago now, uh, John Bava covers uh, Columbus Crew. So normally, you know, if we have a writer per se, or I know somebody who's a fan of an area who is saying, hey, I'm thinking about playing this player and this team, or, you know, what do you think about that? Not just from a general understanding of the league standpoint, from how do they know about from a fantasy standpoint, obviously, I being a writer and a fan of the LA Galaxy, and then I live in Denver, Colorado, for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter. I'm a little bit more savvy to uh, some of their information. You know, I've sent a couple tweets to, um, to, uh, the uh, the MLS injury account when I get updates, um, you know, post game or in training on the Rapids. So you know, people will come to me and ask me questions. Likewise, I'll go back to them. Um, this is not something that normally I recommend, but surprisingly, when it comes to the fantasy articles and the chats in general on MLSsoccer.com, that is one area where the comment section is actually humane and remotely productive and doesn't you know fill me with a sense of doubt about the human race. So you know, typically I'll be on there. You know, I'll see someone saying, you know, hey, I'm brand new to fantasy. You know, I follow this. Team I'm thinking about this and that and I find that people are really open about giving them recommendations or pointing out things you know I think the MLS fantasy community is very open to news in general compared to some of the other um, leagues in fantasy sports that I've been involved with. That's right. Great stuff. Uh, our second question was about cheap options, but I think we've covered that already in the above questions. DC's got some good ones. Orlando's got some good ones. Philly's got a few people that are popping up here and there. Um, so I, I think we've covered a lot of some of the cheap options that are going forward for this round. Uh, so we're just going to jump right to this last one before we get to actual picks. And this can just be a, a quick yes or no from you guys. Uh, do you see any value in keeping money in the bank? Uh, my answer for this is if you're planning on doing an auto route, then yeah, that could help you with some of those switches. But Blaine, if you're going to do an auto route, definitely keep a little money in the bank, know who your targets are. Uh, most I can say is one sub just in case somebody doesn't play. But other than that, um, play it like you've been playing it and get all your money on the field. Matt. Retweet favorite. <laughs> there we go. Mike. Uh, I have all my money in the field. Um, yeah, I mean, um, even if you're doing an auto rule, what I, well, I guess I'm not doing an auto rule. If you're doing an auto rule, then I guess you want to have like some um, to, to flex. But um, otherwise, I think you're just transferring out. I, I think you, I think for this week, you just keep it simple. So. Mike prefers to have the quadruple switcheroo. Quadruple switcheroo. Oh, it, it, it will come, especially like come. when we get to double game weeks. It, it will come, but it will come. Okay, uh, let's get to the actual picks. Uh, Blaine, keep um, going with Marinovic from um, Vancouver. Mike. Uh, right now, I have Bendik. And Matt. Stefan Fry. Thought you might pick him based on some of your comments. Let's move to defenders. Mike. All right, so right now I have Mavinga, Lima, Spectre, and Torres. At. Um, Nick Lima from the San Jose Earthquakes, Kendall Waston, Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, Leardam, uh, Seattle Sounders, and I'm throwing out a flyer here for sh- recently signed Sean Franklin. Ooh. And Blaine. Um, I've got DeYoung and Lima in there for now. Um Looking at Aaron Mond from Vancouver as well, depending on what those lineups are going to look like. He's a cheap option, and if AHA is not available and Tim Parker's on the trade block, he might be the center back pairing to finish that up. Midfielders, Mike. Or, sorry, Matt. Uh, Justin Miram, really your only good offensive option for Orlando this week. Nico Lodero, um, Mauro Diaz, Asteris, um, and then I've also got uh, David Akam. Blaine. 
Uh, I've got Ladero Vasquez in a com in there right now. And um, looking at what is it, Carlton from Atlanta, I've heard he might get some minutes at that price. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just completely wrong and I've got to check that. But I'm running with those three right now. Yeah, I think uh, Carlton's probably wishful thinking. I think Atlanta fans wish he was going to get on the field, but I don't know if he actually is. Um, my midfielders right now, I'm running four, although I am seriously considering going down to three, which is insane what? to me. Um, I know, I know, but I have I have three cheap fours I like this week. Um, I have Christian Teixeira, uh, Justin Miram, uh, Victor Vasquez, and Nicholas Ladero. All right, Blaine, who are your forwards? Uh, right now, I'm lined up with Giovinco, Kai Kamara, and Will Bruin. Mike, who are these three forwards you like? Uh, I have Kai Kamara and Chris Wondolowski in my starting, and I, I really like Will Bruin now that um, Justin Moore, uh, Jordan Morris is out. Matt? Um, I've got uh, Maro Minotas with possibly <coughs> uh, organizing a switcheroo with, uh, with uh, Will Bruin if that happens, and then Ola Kamara as well. All right, now let's get into your captain picks, Mike. I have a Ladero as my cap. Same, Nick Ladero. And Blaine. I have given no thought to who my captain is at this point, um, <laughs> but uh, I kind of like Will Bruin against LAFC. Ooh, what a differential I like. I like Bruin picks. And finally, clean sheet predictions, Matt. Uh, Seattle Sounders. Blaine. Um, I said it was uh, Philly and Vancouver, and I'd put Seattle as a 50-50 on getting one as well. And Mike? Uh, outside of those, um, Orlando and TFC. Um, I, think they, I think they also said San Jose. I think that's where I'm looking. I would second San Jose, and then if we're throwing out a third one, I didn't know if we were doing three for clean sheets. I'd also put Vancouver on that list as well. Yeah, you're welcome to as many as you think might help the, the viewing audience, viewing, listening audience. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much, guys, for those tips. I hope everyone who is listening finds these helpful. Um, nothing is being held back. These are who we are considering looking at. Uh, I have a, a keepers, a defenders, and a midfielders article, top 10, 20, 30, already posted uh, Tuesday. Coming out is going to be a top 20 forwards article if you want to see people who I'm keeping an eye on. I'll also post some picks later on in the week because I, I want to encourage you guys to listen to the show. That's I can't give it all away, uh, but it will, we will tell you. Um, also, Skylar and I are going to put some top picks as well going throughout the season of who we kind of keep a running tally of the guys that we like. So lots of information, lots of player choices to choose from. This is a great place to start. Uh, almost at the end of the show, league updates. We gave you the codes at the top of the show, but we're going to give you some updates for our leagues as the, the time goes on. Um, we called out ETR earlier in the week, but that's not going to work out for us. But we did get Ben Bear and uh, Andrew Weeby to join our MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League. Uh, so we're going to give you updates on that. And the winner of this league will get a scarf. So that'll be some fun things for uh, these elite players and members of the Patreon donors to, uh, to compete for. So that'll be fun. Uh, everyone keep Weeby accountable this year. He says he's playing. We don't know yet. We'll see what <laughs> happens. So keep Weeby accountable. Maybe that should be our team name like or change the league name to keep Weeby accountable. That would be, <laughs> be fun. Uh, so we'll give you updates on that as we go throughout the season. I hope it's a lot of fun for you to hear. Uh, we'll shorten it down a little bit and maybe keep some of just the, the best matches, but uh, we'll give some some brief updates on, on some of these special leagues that we're involved in. 
Final plugs, guys, Blaine. Yeah, uh, Alter Golder emailed us earlier and wanted us to plug a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> many of you might know him from the Reddit community. I'm not sure if he's been on the show before. I think he has. Um, he started his own website, oldergolder.com. So go give that a check. Uh, check that out. He's got some stuff on there. And he's got two things going this year again. Uh, MLS Fantasy for Kids is back. And this is a private league for kids ages 8 to 13. Um, he had 8 in his first year and 18 in his second year. And this has been a fun league. It's kid-friendly. You get to see some different stuff. He's always running updates on who's running what teams. It's really cool to see how these kids pick their teams and how they play. And they don't min-max and try to play all the games we do. They pick their favorite players. They pick some of the best players in the league. And it's really fun just to watch. So if you've got, if you've got a kid or know a kid in that age range that wants to play, go check out that website, um, oldergoaler.com, and get them signed up. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff with them. And then just for the fun of it, I know he did this with some of the Twitter guys, but he's opening it up to everybody on his website. He is doing the MLS theme team again this year. Mm. And this is where everybody contributes who they think is the best player fitting, whatever theme we've got going that week. And he's going <laughs> to run that page and have some fun with it. Um, I know last year, one of the themes that was there was like best hair and just some crazy stuff. You could do best homegrown, whatever. If you've got ideas for a theme, you can shoot them to him as well. He wants to hear all of that. So there you go, older goaler. Um, hopefully this gets you some people on your site. Mike. Um, uh, other than um, at MLS injury news, um, nothing usual, although I did see that um, the official MLS fantasy count um, as having a Q&A with Ben Bear and Andrew Wiebe hosting. I'm not sure if that's a live event or just like them being on Twitter and hopping on and ask questions, but be sure to um, ask some questions. Uh, we want to make sure that the MLS guys know that engagement on fantasy is something that we want, um, both on Extra Time Radio and in Twitter in general. So when you have these opportunities, let's take advantage of it. Matt. You guys can find me on Twitter if you like what I said tonight um, at uh, LWOS Matt Pollard. Check out all my written and audio work at lastwordonsoccer.com. You can uh, join our open league. Uh, again, that's SY4429SE. Um, you know, I also cover the uh, the Colorado Rapids and the LA Galaxy for that. Um, and then if you're interested in hearing more audio stuff from me, I'm the main host of Last Word SC Radio, which is kind of the last word equivalent of ETR. And then recently, with the helps of uh, Rapids Rabbi, um, I started holding the High Line, a Colorado Rapids theme podcast. Um, and then, of course, Mike, any uh, news that I'm hearing from Rapids training or anything post game uh, at DSGP, uh, I will be passing along to you at MLS Injury News all season long. And of course, you can catch all the stuff that I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can catch my weekly player recommendations over at MLSSoccer.com in the fantasy news section right there. Of course, listen to this podcast. I'm also going to be on SiriusXM again this year with Jason Davis talking fantasy as we get closer to the league. So lots of information out there. If you've got a source that we don't know about, let us know. We'll help get it out there. Thank you so much for listening tonight and good luck.